Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, there's a tropical fruit native to Western Pennsylvania, and we're just approaching the annual moment when they are perfect right off the tree. I'm talking about the pawpaw, and if you've never tried it or even heard of it before, we've got some tips and tricks for tracking some down. It's Thursday, September 7th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with CityCast newsletter editor Francesca DeBecco. Good morning. Welcome. Hey, good morning. This was your suggestion. Why are you so passionate about the pawpaw? Yeah, thanks for letting me nerd out on Mike today. Um, I just love the story of this native fruit and its history and how so unsuspecting it is with its tropical flavors. You would never guess that it thrives in Appalachia. Yeah, and I guess we should probably start with that taste. I've only ever tried a super ripe one. I did not love it. But I also really like green bananas as opposed to ripe ones. And I've, <laughs> Me too. I've heard that it's really <laughs> similar to a banana, that like there's totally different flavors depending on its ripeness. Yeah, I'm the same way, Megan. I love when um, bananas are like uh, that, that in-between of green turning yellow. That's perfect. Yeah, um. <laughs> just shy of crunchy is my preferred banana. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, So it sort of looks like a mango. It has green skin that turns golden, um, but it's smaller and uh, most of the time like a kidney bean shape. Uh, Yeah, I think most of them will fit like in the palm of your hand. Yeah, they're like various shapes and sizes, but yeah, most of them are about that size. Um, And when you slice it open, it has multiple black seeds and a custard-like filling uh, that people often describe as a cross between a banana and a mango. And that's actually how it got the nickname uh, Banango, which I think is just so fun to say. I have never (laughs) heard that word before this moment. Um, What about the trees (laughs) that it grows on? I feel like I've been seeing more and more of them lately. I mean, probably just because I know to look for them now. Um, Like North Park, for example, I was there over Labor Day weekend and they just planted dozens along their walking and bike path. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense uh, because they're they're often found along waterways. Um, they're actually called a river fruit mm. because they grow so well along creeks and streams and rivers. Yeah, I've heard them described as like a small tree with a big impact. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, like they have such huge leaves and a pretty substantive fruit, but all the mature trees that I've seen in real life have really skinny trunks. Yeah, I saw one for the first time last year at Grow Pittsburgh's Garden Dreams in Wilkinsburg. The leaves are like this bright, vibrant green. Um, like you said, they're they're pretty 
large. They're often a foot long. It's really different than any other tree you see locally. It's it's really cool. And they can grow between 12 to 15 feet tall, and they mainly grow in the understory of wood, so beneath the canopy. But once you know what to look for, you definitely start to notice them more. Um, so this is where my personal knowledge ends. Francesca, I know they're native to like our little band of North America here on the eastern half. Um, but how did they get here? Yeah, that band. You're referring to the pawpaw belt, as some people call it. <laughs> also, definitely um, not a real thing, but I love it. Keep going. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta name it. You gotta give it its uh, its region. So, uh, Pittsburgh is actually on the edge of the native range. Um, so that's why I think it's like super special for us to talk about it because it is cool that we're still a part of uh, the pawpaw region. Um, and they can grow in the deep south, mid-Atlantic, all the way up to the Ohio River Valley. It really has become a symbol of Appalachia, though, even though it can grow much further west of it uh, because of what this fruit meant to indigenous peoples in, in the region. Do you like to dance, look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins and so will everyone else there be playful be imaginative explore your magical realm because this is a theme party you want to come dressed to impress you must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum its art its education and all of its community outreach initiatives get your tickets now to the 25th mattress factory garden party they are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. And I know you were on a quest to find a local book about the pawpaw. Did you get it in time for this recording? <laughs> I did. Uh, it's by Andrew Moore, who still lives on the north side. He wrote Pawpaw in Search of America's Forgotten Fruit. And the theory goes that they come from the Anona family, a custard apple near the border of present-day U.S. and Mexico. They slowly moved north, adapting with changing climates, you know, all the ways that the world has changed over all of those years. Mm -hmm. uh, and scientists think that they were dispersed by animals like mastodons, mammoths, and sloths, saber-toothed cats, and giant beavers. Um, so their survival <laughs> is just really fascinating. I feel like I don't hear casual references to the mastodon all that often. Um, how far back are we talking about? Yeah, I know, right? So fossils show that papas have been around for like 23 million years, far before humans. Actually, um, at the Meadowcroft Shelter out in Avela, PA, uh, the oldest site of human habitation in North America, um, they found fossils of papas there. Which brings us back to their role for native peoples. Yes, yes. So papas are rooted in indigenous foodways and traditions, 
Iroquois people mix them into sauces and corn cakes. Cherokee people use the tree fibers in the inner bark to make rope and string. The Allegheny Front did an awesome story last year on the Shawnee tribe. They mark time by phases of the moon and they use the fruit to mark one of those phases. That That's in September when it's time to go pick them. Yeah, you uh, showed me this story, so we pulled a little tape. This is Joel Barnes. Um, He is the language and archives director for the Shawnee tribe. He's also a tribal member and guardian of Shawnee culture in the present day. That moon would indicate that was the time the pawpaws were right. It was time to go pick them and probably also an indicator, hey, we're getting close to winter. That means I'm hungry for pawpaw. It's a great story. We'll link to the whole thing in the show notes. Yeah, go check it out. Pawpaws are also incredibly important to the African diaspora. Enslaved people supplemented their oftentimes really like meager provisions with pawpaws. And it was also a reminder of similar fruit that they had in Africa. Um, Guides along the Underground Railroads also instructed enslaved people to take routes that had wild fruits and berries and pawpaws that were along waterways and essential to survival. I feel like everything we talk about sometimes is really cyclical, you know, like these fruits survived millions of years and supported dozens of different cultures, but then fell out of favor because they can't easily be put in supermarkets for people to familiarize themselves with them. Yeah. Unfortunately, they have too short of a shelf life to meet market demands. And compared to everything else we can get in the supermarket, it's just a tougher sell. Um, I also think it's a story of indigenous erasure, um, as well as like industry disrupting our environment. Um, But sometimes you can find them at the East End Food Co-op in Point Breeze. So look out for them there. Love the co-op. There are also a few little groves popping up here and there. I know Chatham University has some at its Eden Hall campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And Tree Pittsburgh has been giving them away or selling them um, at like public adoptions and sales now and then um, because you have to have two to cross-pollinate. So it's great to have this local resource approaching their proliferation with some intentionality behind it. Um, Around here, though, I think you mostly have to go foraging. Well, wouldn't it be fun to try? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe it would if you want to go through the mud and the muck. I watched a long YouTube video about this, actually. So they mostly grow in deciduous areas. They have like tree friends like the sycamore um, and some others. They like the shade, like you said, kind of under the canopy. Yeah. Um, And we found a map on Reddit, too. Totally unconfirmed. We cannot vouch for it. But they opine different places around the city where you can maybe find a pawpaw or two this time of the year. Yeah, we'll link that in the show notes. Uh, But there are also some other ways that you can get in on the fun locally. Um, First, I'll say keep an eye out for local food and drink folks doing fun things with the fruit. My absolute favorite was the Pawpaw Gilligan Sorbet at Mayfly Market on the north side a few years back. Gilligan's is very expensive, but it is so delicious. Oh my gosh, so worth it. Um, I don't know if they'll be bringing it back. I I don't think they did it last year, uh, but just keep keep an eye out. Um, and I also remember that Strange Roots, uh, the brewery in Gibsonia, they did a cool beer one year too. So definitely, you know, if you see Papa, just to give it a try. Um, and then there's a bunch of parties and festivals that I know you shared in today's Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. You want to run us through a few of those? 
Yeah, so Grow Pittsburgh's pop-up parties are on September 12th and 19th. That's at the Garden Dreams in Wilkinsburg, what I mentioned earlier. Um, And there's a woman there, Gabrielle Marsden, who shares the story of how pop-up trees are the only larval host for caterpillars of the beautiful zebra swallowtail butterfly. Um, Look up a picture of them. If you remember them, uh, that means that you were likely around pop-up trees. Um, So they're, they're sort of making a comeback or folks like Gabrielle are, are working to help restore uh, their habitat um, and they're a really beautiful butterfly. Um, there's also some road trips that are doable in a day if you're ambitious. Uh, we've got the 8th Annual Pawpaw Festival in Frederick, Maryland on September 16th. The Ohio Pawpaw Festival in Albany on the 15th through the 17th. Then there's uh, York County's 19th Annual Pawpaw Festival on the 23rd and 24th. And then a little bit closer to home, there's West Virginia's Pawpaw Festival. That's at WVU, so about an hour and a half away on September 30th. This is reminding me of last year when we all tried a pawpaw on microphone in Market Square. (laughs) Um, I think we can probably do everyone a solid and skip that part this time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But let's still go out and try to find some more pawpaws to try this year. Support the pawpaw. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking our food shows, please let us know if you have a recommendation. We're always looking for those. You can reach us at pittsburgh at citycast.fm. Please rate us, leave us a nice review, and make sure you're subscribed to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. Francesca always has a ton of food news. She works really hard on it through the week, um, plus everything else you need to know in the Berg. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you in soon. Mastodons, mammoths, lost. This was slot. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Ma- <laughs> mammoths. <laughs> that was tough for you.